Let all those whom the Lord has redeemed proclaim that he redeemed them from the hand of the foe. May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When I was in middle school and doing lots of musical theater, my parents bought me a copy of the taped performance of the original Broadway cast of Stephen Sondheim's 1987 masterpiece, Into the Woods. I watched it so much in one summer that I'm surprised the DVD still works. And ever since it's been my favorite musical. If you're not familiar with the story, Sondheim takes several beloved fairy tales, Cinderella, Jack and the Beanstalk, Little Red Riding Hood, and more. And he weaves them together into one story that centers around a baker and his wife who go on a great adventure into the woods to break an old witch's spell so that they can have a child. It's a heartwarming and hilarious story with some really remarkable insights into the human condition, full of lessons about love and selfishness and greed and forgiveness and the relationship between parents and children. And ultimately about the things we wish for in life, what we'll do to get them, what happens when we don't, and what happens when we do. The plot is deceptive because the happy ever after happens at the end of act one. And the audience goes into intermission wondering what there could possibly be left to say. But the curtain is up on act two mere seconds before the happy ever after begins to unravel and the characters are forced to go back into the woods, this time not to get their wish, but to survive the attack of an angry and deadly giant. Most of them don't make it. And as the death count rises, the characters each respond to the horror in their own way with all sorts of consequences. Things come to a head when the little band of five survivors start a heated and musical argument about who is to blame for their misfortune. The baker has lost his wife, Jack, his mother, Cinderella, her prince, Little Red Riding Hood, her grandmother, and the witch, the scary and powerful yet wise de facto leader of the bunch, she lashes out at them. They who in their grief can't seem to do what the witch thinks is necessary to save themselves. Wake up, she yells. People are dying all around you. You're not the only one to suffer a loss. When you're dead, you're dead. 
that line elicits a little morbid laughter from the audience. And yet it serves as a profound summary of the plight that they are in. The dead aren't coming back. Those who are left are alone. Now, why this long foray into Sondheim? Well, it seems to me that when faced with loss, disaster, and ultimately death, when faced with a year like the one we've just had, the witch's statement seems perhaps to be the best news we could hope for. After all, the witch is the voice of reason. When you're dead, you're dead. Surely no one could argue with that. I believe that this is what St. Paul calls the course of this world in his letter to the Ephesians. The course of this world. Somehow the best outcome imaginable given our sorry situation. The course of this world says, when you're dead, you're dead. The course of this world says, when you have sinned, when you've hurt somebody or hurt yourself or not loved another person or yourself like you know that you should, well, there's no going back. There's no way to make it better. When you're damaged, you're damaged. When you're ashamed, you're ashamed. When you're dead, you're dead. The ruler of the power of the air. One of the most poetic descriptions of the devil in all of scripture, the ruler of the power of the air. That great tempter soars in like a wind, wrapping itself around our ears, sinking into our gut, maybe, and says, this is it. Life is nasty, brutish, and short. When you're dead, you're dead. How could you possibly think that there could be life after this virus? Life after your illness, life after your divorce. How could you possibly think that you are worth anything more than what you've been given, where you've been, or what you've done? After all, isn't that the way the world works? Isn't that the voice of reason? Surely no one could argue with that. Friends, the good news of the gospel is that there is one who argues with that. There is one who came among us to argue with that. And he argued with the course of this world, not with eloquent speech or sophisticated reasoning, but with his very body. The son of man must be lifted up, Jesus says, like Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness. 
And so lifted up on that cross of shame, Jesus argued with the ruler of the power of the air, with the course of this world. Jesus bore that argument in his body. And he won. He won the argument. Raised from the dead, seated in the heavenly places, Jesus Christ argues even now with his body and blood offered for us, with his holy word. Listen to St. Paul again. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you were saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Friends, you were not made for death for sin, or for shame, or for anything else but for life. Life and the love from God that makes that life possible. God so loved the world, this world, this world beset by pandemics and white supremacy and grief and separation and regret. God so loved this world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. God loves this world because God created this world. And even after we turned it into something more like the second act of Into the Woods, God still loved it, still loved us enough to jump on in and argue with the ruler of the power of the air in his very body on a cross. And because he won that argument, thanks be to God, he lifts us up too. Yes, on a cross, but after three days to the heavenly places where there is nothing that is sick or broken or dying. Back in the musical, the witches claim when you're dead, you're dead, actually doesn't have the last word. Loving each other, that little band makes it out of the woods. You are not alone. No one is alone. The musical will ultimately proclaim. For those who made it through the woods and for those who didn't, there will be not death, but life. So too in our real world here, the ruler of the power of the air does not and will not have the last word.
for Jesus Christ has won the argument for us. Thanks be to God. <laughs>